Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we're honoured to have Bob here with us. And he is an expert in the mu- managing the music industry. So he's going to share the gift. So hopefully we can all learn something about what it's like to manage various different artists within the music industry today. So nice to have you here today, Bob. Cheers, man. Really appreciate it. Glad to be here. <laughs> okay, that's good. So first of all, how did you get into the industry? So... It's always been quite a big passion of mine. Um, my dad ran a management company, uh, so I've always been brought up around the music industry. Um, and then I, I actually used to work as a chef for four years. Okay. And that's what I did before I started getting into music. And then when I realised it wasn't what I wanted to do and I actually wanted to work in music, I, uh, I moved back to my parents' house because I basically had to quit my job. And I interned at different... So I basically offered my work for free. Uh, it was it was three different companies, and then I went to a fourth one, and then they actually offered me a job at the end of it. How many years did you do interning? That was that was a year of interning, and during that, I was also putting on my own nights um, up in Shoreditch. I had a monthly residency at a place called Old Blue Last, uh, so I'd be like looking for new bands that like basically we had no money, so uh, it, would, <laughs> it would be like they had to be new bands because I couldn't offer them that much to actually play there. Um, so yeah, I was doing that at the same time, which also helped me get a bit of experience so in the industry. Me, just to make sure I understand that, as a managing agent, mm-hmm. that's what you were doing, yeah, when you're looking for these new bands. Yeah, so so before, I mean, like what it was, like when I was putting on the nights, that's um, that's the promotion side of like the industry. But what I really wanted to do uh, was um, management and A and R. Okay, but what I was trying to do is understand how what you were doing. Said you didn't have anything to pay them. Yeah. Why would you pay them if, um, if you're trying to get them a gig? Uh, because it costs it costs bands and artists money to actually like um, take all their equipment and like and also like everyone. There's like a lot of artists like they'll have a band with them. They'll be their own artist, but then their band will be like a separate thing. But they'll have to pay their band to actually play with them on that night mm-hmm. so it costs them money to do it so you kind of need to cover those fees essentially mm-hmm. um and because essentially they're also working for you yeah. like they're they're actually uh, they're providing their services in playing music um and so you would have lined up a venue or a bar or someone that said listen i'm going to bring people every night mm. and that person said, okay, I'm going to pay you a certain amount. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the venue would give us, um, like, a budget. And, uh, yeah, through that, we would divvy it up between, like, uh, whatever artists that we were working with, like, on those nights. And, uh, yeah, pay them. And it would usually be, like, the headliner. Like, we, we could get, like, a couple of the smaller artists to pay for free, basically. Um, and then we'd uh, pay, like, the headliner or whatever to, um, yeah, yeah. Give some up-and-coming artists or... Um, opportunity to publicize yourselves yeah and then the main one you say right here's your cut yeah 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 so what would you say you've learned about this industry that you wish you knew when you started 
Um, I guess one of the main things, so I, I never went to university or anything. Uh, I just kind of started working as soon as I was outside of school. And um, I, one of the things that I wish I knew when I was younger is that like you can actually get into this without having a degree or anything. And you learn a lot more on the job than you would like actually doing like a music business course. Mm-hmm. Um, and in my in my opinion, that's the that's the best way to learn about the industry. Actually working in it rather than because uh, I mean they can teach you whatever in uni, like, and I'm sure you learn like a lot of like the uh, nuts and bolts of stuff and like the boring stuff, but you don't really understand how the actual industry works until you're actually doing it. And also, uni is seen as yesterday's information. Yeah. Or last year's information. So if things change, you're never up and current. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, and the, the industry is just consistently changing. Like, it's it's crazy nowadays. Like, people don't make money off um, selling records anymore. Like, because no one actually buys music. Everyone uses streaming platforms like Spotify or Apple or anything like that. So those streaming platforms would have an with the artist yeah so basically you um yeah yeah good question does let's say Beyonce Mm -hmm. does she I suppose she would innit because if she gets her album put drops her album on YouTube yeah then people every time they view it she gets a check yeah so that's why managing agents they sign into the contract that I will manage your social media yeah yeah, 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 and um, <laughs> no, it's all good, man. All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, what it what it is is uh, streaming platforms averagely pay you about zero point zero zero three p per stream on your song. So that's like the average, like across like all platforms like YouTube, Spotify, like whatever. Um, so the, yeah, they'll pay you that much, and then artists like Beyonce, blah blah blah, like they obviously get like an insane amount of streams. It'll be like a billion streams on like one of their tracks. So that ends up being a lot of money. And then as a manager, basically what you do is you take a, you work on commission. Twenty percent. Yeah, twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take you take twenty percent. Um, so you'll take that out of basically you sign up when you're an artist. You sign up to a thing called PRS. That and that's what perpetuity as well yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah. I've been warned about that on some interviews <laughs> you never have perpetuity in your interview yeah yeah your contract for life for eternity and beyond let's <laughs> get that man. but go on anyway could you finish explaining this stuff um so oh where was I was um so yeah you'll take 20% uh yeah yeah PRS is like uh, as an artist you'll sign up to PRS and that basically logs um, every time your track has been streamed and stuff. Uh, so that every time it's played on the radio, every time it's played on like Spotify or anything like that. So then they'll send you um, so payments basically every three months. You get a payment. Like a yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, so the manager will take twenty percent commission on that payment, and they'll take twenty percent commission on payment uh, when you get a gig that actually makes you profit. Um, and when you sign a record deal as well, because you'll get an advance, and the advance, like depending on what the art, who the artist is, it can like yeah, different like what the money is. But the um, the managers will take twenty percent on that as well. But sorry. yeah, so, sorry. S- sorry, go on, go on. No, 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 it's all good. You go, you go. So you deal with 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, literally, my my music tastes vary so much, and the company that I was working for quite uh, reflected that as well. So we did like a lot of like indie stuff as well. But um, one of one of the most ridiculous things that I've done in the past year was this group called Bad Boy Chiller Crew, <laughs> and they were they were a baseline rap crew from Bradford, and uh, we'd kind of see we'd no 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 they weren't actually they were um, black guys. No, they were all white. They were they they came from uh, travel uh, traveler backgrounds that's basically. Real, I was gonna say that's a real real corny name. Yeah, 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 Tra- yeah, 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 yeah. So it kind it kind of like it started as like a bit of a joke is from what I've heard from them. Like it was like they were making like kind of like comedy sketches on like their social media and stuff, and it'd be um like almost like jackass style like stunts sort of stuff like that. And then they started rapping as well, started making music videos and uh. People viewing them. Yeah, like their YouTube views were just consistently going up, and like we were kind, of, we kind of started paying like a bit of attention to it, and then um, <laughs> yeah, and then we, uh, one of my mates works uh, for that uh, magazine called Vice. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and we spoke to them, and uh, they were like, we were like, have you heard of these guys, basically? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we're actually we're in the middle of shooting a documentary on them, so we were like, okay, this could actually time really well if this documentary comes out while we're releasing like their mixtape or whatever it's going to be like a big like kind of viral moment and it was and uh, the the head of vice contacted us after it went out and was like you must be making a decent penny off this because it hit the most the most views any vice any vice videos ever had in the space of a week so they did 13 million views in the space of a week on this video on this documentary of them and uh <laughs> yes i mean we released their mixtape and yeah, it was like, it was kicking off and um, I, I was working for an independent label, which means we're not funded by one of the major labels. Um, and all the major labels were getting in touch and wanted to sign it off us because they saw it like doing quite well. The independent's like, don't you Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we actually ended up doing it like, so we, we did a thing called licensing. So we, we still have, we still maintain um, like accountability, accountability on like all the music that's released and we're still credited as the, like one of the labels mm-hmm. uh, but they were just offering us stupid money though it's like we couldn't turn it, we couldn't not so like turn it the down the independent label were they happy yeah 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 and also the novelty of it being funny wore off and yeah, they yeah. just ended up being nightmares like, like, like Gandam style yeah 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 okay. and uh, they were just impossible to control basically like um, and as soon as like they got like a sniff of money, they just that's all they cared about, yeah, and it wasn't. Uh, yeah, 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 like yeah. Yeah. Up. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's, it was it's like weird. a stock situation. Literally, yeah. man, yeah. And it was really weird because like in in Bradford and like in the north of England, like London is its own country essentially in England. Like, because here, like people kind of notice them a bit, but they weren't like obviously like a massive deal or anything. Go to Bradford, they are A-list celebrities there. Like, literally, they can't walk down the road without them being, like, harassed and people, like, chatting to them. But they come here. Uh, we did a shoot with them once, and it was in Peckham, and um, uh, we went for a drink afterwards, and uh, one of the waiters, like, came over and was like, oh, you lot are bad boy chinical, aren't you? Like, blah, blah, blah. And uh, <laughs> it was like, yeah, so, like, a couple of those things would happen. But literally in Bradford, swarms of people following down the road where we're trying to shoot, like, a music video as well. Like, yeah. 
yeah, it was ridiculous, man. Yeah, so you just have to add those people in then. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you've been a great um, guest. Last question is, what's the impact you want to have on the world? I, so music really helps me. Like, I really enjoy listening to music when I'm feeling in a bad mood or anything like that. And I guess what I really want to do is just kind of be able to help artists grow to a point where their music is being heard and it can help people in that way as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's in a spiritual mental side of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously I want to make a shitload of money while I'm doing it, but... <laughs> that sounds like you're on the right route, mate. Right? stuff. Uh, we wish you well. Yes, mate. It was lovely to meet you, man. Oh, <laughs> thanks a lot. Oh, I'm so We hope you liked that Taxi Chronicles interview. Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.